It's an honor to be here. Uh, again, my name is uh, Jeremy Burnett. I uh, went to school at North uh, Mississippi Baptist Bible Institute with Brother Israel, and we became friends, and uh, he's been a blessing to me. I know he's a blessing to you. I've uh, been watching uh, a little more of uh, his sermons here lately, and I've seen where uh, certainly he teaches the Word of God, but before he leaves, he always challenges you to be better than what you are today, tomorrow. To be a, a workman for the Lord, to reach lost souls. And I think I'm so thankful. And I'm going to tell you, you've got one Cadillac of a preacher that stands behind this pulpit who loves you, who cares for you, and wants the best for you. We do pray for their safe travel. Proud of his daughter and the things that's going on in his life. Proud that uh, they've made 20 years of marriage together. They've celebrated that too, him and Brandy, and uh, we just uh, do want to be mindful of them as they travel. And again, it's just an honor to be here, uh, to be asked to be here, uh, to uh, stand behind this pulpit. I take it very seriously. And uh, I haven't decided yet. I, I, I don't know that I'm going to bring y'all anything today. I've decided from the time of worship already this morning that today was for me. <laughs> it was good. It was good. I, I, I needed... What I received this morning is already good to be in God's house. But what I want to talk about today just a little bit is about God's marvelous grace. God's marvelous grace. Now, uh, you know, we talk about a lot of things, and if we're not careful, uh, they just begin to be a part of our conversation. They're just something we say, and uh, maybe, you know, I'll pray for you. A lot of times, I wonder how many times that's been said, but we don't actually follow through and actually pray for someone who needs our prayers. But I think with grace also, uh, we talk about grace so lightly, we just talk about, well, God's grace. Now, wait a minute. Sometimes we need to back up just a little bit and think about what it is, God's grace. Now, we're going to look at it at three different points here, three different places. If you want to be turning to Genesis chapter 6, we're going to begin there. Now, as you study your Bible, there are certain uh, ways you can study it, but one of the things we're going to look at, this is the first mention of the word grace. Even though you can see grace all throughout the Bible, this is the first mention where it's put in words, where it's sent to us. And I want us to see this and think about God's marvelous grace. Do you realize, had it not been for the grace of God, none of us would be here right now. You would not have what you have. As a matter of fact, we're going to learn from this. We wouldn't even exist today had God not had grace. On mankind. So let's look and let's read these few verses and we'll pray and we'll see what the Lord has for us this morning. Genesis chapter 6. I want us to start in verse 5 and read through verse 8. It says, And God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. And it repented the Lord that he had made man on the earth, and it grieved him at his heart. And the Lord said, I will destroy man whom I have created. Uh, from the face of the earth, both man and beast and creeping thing and the fowls of the air, for it repenteth me that I have made them. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Thank God. Let's bow together. Father, we do love you and thank you this morning for this wonderful time that we have set apart to come into your house in the sanctuary of God. Lord, that we might focus on you Lord, I pray that you'd feed us through your word this morning. Lord, I thank you, Lord, for each person who's here. Lord, I pray that if our mind has wandered to the things outside of this place, Lord, that we'd just drift back in here and put all our attention on you to be reminded of your marvelous grace. 
How you look down on us in our lost estate sent your Son to die for our sins that we might be saved. Lord, I pray we'd never take for granted what we have in a loving God. Lord, I thank you again for Brother Israel and his wife, his family. Lord, I pray for safe travels as they make their way home. Lord, I just thank you again for each person here today, Lord, that we'd have an opportunity to come together to lift up your name in song. Lord, our hearts have already been stirred. Lord, may you help us to focus on your word today. In Jesus' name, amen. So we find, first of all, in this passage, the wickedness out in the world. Now, we see that in our day and time. As a matter of fact, Jesus made mention, he says, as in the days of Noah were, he said, there's another day coming like that. And it seems as we look out into this old world, we see the wickedness and it's running rampant. We understand that. And you know, we ask ourselves sometimes, God, why do you allow this to go on? I've got one answer for you. Grace. 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 Every day, every moment that God tarries from sending His Son to receive His people is another day of salvation, another chance that that lost person can slip out of the grips of the devil and take God by the hand through His Son, Jesus Christ. God is merciful. You think about this. There was a day when you weren't saved. What if God would say, that's it, I'm done with this wicked world. What if you had been left behind? But because of God's grace, you're here today. Because of God's grace. Now, let's think about what had happened. Now, Adam and Eve were placed in the Garden of Eden. It was perfect. Everything was good. As a matter of fact, each day as God finished the creation of that day, He would say, and it was good. And it's good. And it's good. And He got to Adam and He says, not good for Adam to be alone. So He made him a helpmate. But you know, when all creation was done, God said, it's good. But you know what? Sin made its way into this world, didn't it? And you know what you begin to find as you moved on through the chapters of Genesis, after you saw the fall of man, you would walk through and you would see, and it would say, this man was born and he lived and and he had sons and daughters and then he died. And then go to the next man and he lived and then he died. And he lived. It's as though you're walking through a graveyard full of tombstones. Death had come upon this earth because of sin. I'm going to tell you something. You and I are going to leave this place one day. Now You're either going to go through the clods or through the clouds. You Either Jesus is going to receive us up unto Him, or if we leave this place, if we're buried, if we're put in the ground, one of these days we're going to be raised up. Why? Because of the grace of God. Because of... Do you, look, God said, I'm just going to destroy it all. But the greatest statement you read is, but Noah found grace. Now look, you take Noah's name and you put your name there. And I can put my name there. Old Jeremy Burnett found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Do you believe that? Do you believe that if you were the only one, Jesus would have died for you? Because I'm telling you, He would have. It's that personal between us and Him. God's grace So you think about the wickedness of this old world, the wrath of God, but the wonder. Why? Have you ever wondered that? As we were singing, God is good in my life, the goodness of God in my life. Why is God so good to me? I don't think any of us can answer that. You know what grace is? 
God's unmerited favor. We don't deserve anything that God has given us. You know why God loves us? He chose to love us. When you read your Bible, you know what you find? God's always looking for man. But you know you don't find man looking for God. His creation turned, his, turned their backs on Him. But He has searched through the ages. This morning, if you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, He's searching for you. As a matter of fact, He's put all this together today, seeking after you. And can I tell you something? If you'll repent of your sin and accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, He will save you today. Ain't that something? I've done some traveling here lately. There's a lot of people in this world. <laughs> Have y'all realized that? There's a lot of, I'm in a small town and I don't see all of that. I've got people I work with, people I know, and the world, my world, is small. But now when you go out or you go on a vacation or you go on a business trip or something like that, there's all these people out in that world. But you know what? He knows my name. He knows who I am. The blood of Jesus Christ has washed away my sins. And because of Him, I'm saved by the grace of God. Ain't that something? But you know, we can talk about grace and we'll say, well, you know the grace of God. No, wait a minute. It's so much more than that. It's His marvelous grace. So not only we see the marvelous grace of God in the extension of His grace toward mankind. Ain't that something? If you ever see the blood in your Bible, you need to back up. Because it's all headed in one direction and all of a sudden it's all about to change. Look, this world was about to be destroyed. But Noah found grace. Now look, did Noah deserve God's grace? No. Noah was a sinner. You know what happened after, after he got off the ark? He's just like you and me. He didn't deserve God's grace. I don't deserve God's grace. That's what makes it so wonderful. So not only do we see this extension of God's grace, the Bible starts out and man, it just makes a, a U-turn, doesn't it? Man, God had created all these things. It all is good. And man, it just looks wonderful. It looks like there's so much promise. And then sin enters into this world. And the firstborn of Adam murders the secondborn. Isn't that something? How fast things can turn around when sin is brought in. That quick. So we find the extension of God's grace, but there's also the experience of God's grace. Let's turn to Ephesians chapter 2. I'm going to have y'all turn a little bit. I apologize. I generally stay in the same passage, but this is what the Lord laid on my heart, so that's what we're going to do today. Uh, we're going to be looking at verses 1 through 10. I may not read all of these, but we'll look. We want to focus on verses uh, 8 through 10. But I tell you what, let's just go through this. We'll read it very quickly. It says, And you hath he quickened, who were dead in trespasses and sin, wherein in time past you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, uh, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience, among whom also uh, we all, uh, all had our conversation in times past in the lusts of the flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, 
and were by the nature the children of wrath, even as others. But God, here we go again, but God who is rich in mercy for His great love wherewith He loved us, even when we were uh, dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ. By grace ye are saved and hath raised us up together, and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come He might show the exceeding riches of His grace in His kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. Listen to this. For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. For we are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works which God hath foreordained that we should walk in them. As we think about this passage of Scripture, it starts out just like we started out when we realized we were lost. We were dead in our trespasses and sin. You remember how you felt when you realized you were lost? I've never felt so low in my life. I've done some things in my life I wasn't proud of. But when I found out that there's a righteous God in heaven and I had sinned against Him, I couldn't have felt no lower than I did that day. But you know what? When I found out He loved me and that He was merciful and He sent His Son to die for me, I'd never felt better in my life either. I remember that night just laying there and trying to go to sleep. I wanted to tell somebody, but nobody in my family knew Jesus. Nobody in my family went to church. I was going with some friends when I got saved. And I just laid there staring at the ceiling. I don't feel like I ever laid, really actually laid in the bed, just almost as though I was hovering over it because, I mean, I was just light on my feet. My sins were washed away. I'd never felt so clean in my life. What an experience to have. Now, I'm going to share this with you. I'm, I'm a very picky eater. My mom fussed my whole life because I was real picky about what I would eat. Well, I guess it's been, I don't know, probably 10 years ago. We were eating uh, Thanksgiving, and, and I had never eaten dressing before. And I was like, well, you know, ain't a whole lot. In, I'm, I'm going to try it. Man, I took a bite, and that's the best thing I ever eaten in my life. And I've been spending the last 10 years trying to catch up on lost time. If we have dressing, I'm going to eat me some. It's good. And you know, the thing is about something like that, I can tell you how good it is, but until you experience for yourself, you have no idea. Say, Mama, say, you ought to eat that. That's good. People say, oh, you ought to get some of this dress. You ought to try this dressing. Man, this dressing is good. It tastes good. Why don't you try it? And I never would. That's kind of how it is with God's grace. I can tell you how good it is. But until you experience it for yourself, you don't know what you're missing. Do you remember what it felt like when you got saved? Man, I, my head was in the clouds and you couldn't bring me down. I thought I could put hell out with a water pistol. I was ready. I was excited. God had saved me and forgive me of my sin. Man, what a wonderful feeling that was. But let's go back to this scripture. Don't you know somebody who's lost and you want them to experience what you've experienced? H have you ever witnessed to somebody and see God moving on them, the Holy Spirit working on them? And you're reminded of what you felt like when you were in their shoes. 
Ain't it amazing to watch God work in somebody's life? Just to see. See, I didn't know. I was going to church with some friends. I, I didn't know I was going to meet Jesus then. Man, I met Him. And my life has never been the same. Look, I'm going to tell you, I'm a sinner. I'll be the first one to tell you I'm a sinner. But you know what? It breaks my heart to know I sinned against my holy God and my Savior that died for me. I ain't the same as I used to be. I'll never be the same. I'll never be the same. As a matter of fact, I hope I'm getting just a little bit better. And look, if you don't like me where I am, that's okay. One of these days, I'm going to be like Jesus. You can't help but like me then. (laughs) You can't help but like me then. So we see here, not only the extension of grace as God's grace was poured out, but the experience of grace in which we see a past that we had. You know what? I'm glad I'm not who I used to be. I wonder where I'd be right now had it not been for God. I'll tell you what, I wouldn't be behind this pulpit. I wouldn't be serving the Lord. I wouldn't be blessed beyond measure right now. I truly believe that had I not accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. Had God not extended His grace to me. You ever wonder where you might be? You ever wonder what your lust of the flesh might have carried you to outside of knowing Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? There's no telling where we might be this morning. But thank God I'm in the house of the Lord with His people saved by the grace of God. Ain't that something? But not only do we have the past. We have the present as we live in the age of grace. This is the best time to live in man, as, as far as mankind goes. Look, it's ama- I would have loved to seen Jesus do all those miracles. But you know what? I ain't got to see them. I, I believe them. I would have loved to see him step... Uh, I'd love to see him walk on water that day and see Peter jump out of that boat and run over to him. It's one of my favorite miracles. He done so many things I'd love to see, but look, I'm glad I live in the age of grace. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. We live in the best time, but can I tell you something? The church age is coming to an end. The church age is coming to an end. Time is short. All preachers have been preaching that for 2,000 years. There's less time today than it was then. It's going to be even less time tomorrow if the Lord tarries. So we find not only that, but let's look at this. I'm going to look at verses 7 through 10 again of this passage. I'm going to read it again. And I want to think about the promise that is given. He gives us the past and in the present as He searches for those that are lost. But also the promise He gives. Verse 7, it says, that the, way, uh, the ages to come He might show the exceeding riches of His grace in His kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. Folks, this ain't all there is. I don't know about you. I'm blessed, but I've got problems in this life. I've got troubles. Sometimes I'm broken hearted. There's a lot of things that I deal with in this life. One of these days, I'm going to lay this body down. And all that's going to go with it. I've heard it said before, if we really knew what heaven was like, we wouldn't look both ways when we crossed the road. If we really knew what heaven was like, 
we'd have no fear of death. I don't know if you're like me or not. I'm not afraid to be dead, but I ain't too anxious about the death part. (laughs) I don't know how that's coming. I know it's coming my way one of these days. But you know what? I know it's going to be all right. I've got a peace about it. I I love my family. I, I want to spend as much time as I can with my family. But one of these days, when God calls me out of this world, it's going to be all right. I'm going to see the riches of Christ Jesus. What God has prepared for us. Why? Because we deserve it? No. No. Because of His grace. Because of His grace. You know that little five letter word just gets bigger and bigger, don't it? When you start finding the meaning behind it. Last thing I want to look at is Acts chapter 11, just one verse. If we can back over there for just a moment, I'll be done. Acts chapter 11. Let's go ahead and read 19 through 23. The exposure of God's grace. Have you seen God's grace? Have you seen God's grace in your life? Let me ask, have you seen God's grace in other people's lives? God works in a way that we'll never understand, we'll never comprehend. God can do things that we cannot do. No man here on this earth could have talked me into being saved or to getting saved. The Holy Spirit of God knocked on my heart's door. And if you've ever had that feeling, there's nothing like it in this world. Let's look at this few verses here. It says, Now they which were scattered abroad upon the persecution that arose about Stephen traveled as far as Phoenix and Cyprus and Antioch preaching the word uh, to none but the Jews only. And some of them, there were the men of Cyprus and Cyrene, which when uh, they were come to Antioch, spake unto the Grecians, preaching the Lord Jesus. And the hand of the Lord was with them, and a great number believed and turned unto the Lord. Then tidings of these things came to the ears of the church which was in Jerusalem, and they sent forth Barnabas that he should go as far as Antioch, who when he came and had seen the grace of God was glad, and exhorted them all that with purpose of heart they would cleave unto the Lord. Do you hear what that said? Barnabas came. Now, now what happened here was a persecution of the church began. And in Acts, we know that the day of Pentecost, Peter preached, 3,000 souls got saved, and from there the church was building and growing as should be saved daily, as the Word of God gives it. And everything is going well, but we know about Stephen, one of the first deacons who was persecuted. And upon that persecution, the church began to scatter out. And when they did, even though they left Jerusalem, they couldn't keep their mouths shut about Jesus Christ. And that's the way we ought to be. When we come in here and we're reminded of the things of God, when we go out there, we ought not be able to close our mouths about how good God's been to us. But they went out and they were preaching, first of all to the Jews, but then they saw some Gentiles and they began speaking to them. They couldn't help but tell about this man named Jesus, about salvation, about what had been happening in Jerusalem. 
Well, they'd heard about this in Jerusalem, what was going on, and they said, we're going to send Barnabas to check this out. And what did Barnabas say? He said, when I got down there, I saw the grace of God. I saw it. I saw it. Now, we see how God gave it in Noah's day. If you're saved today, you've experienced it. But let me ask you, have you seen it? Have you seen God's grace in people's lives? Have you seen something happen that we can't explain away in worldly things that only God stepped in and done it? That's what Barnabas saw. He saw the grace of God. Isn't that something? We find out, first of all, the gospel and the power of it. And man, the gladness that everything was going so well. But then the goodness and the grace that God poured out on this world, those people began to get saved. You know, sometimes I think we get discouraged. We'll go out and we want to witness and maybe we'll set aside a night or a time and we'll try to go out and we've got somebody on our mind or on our heart and, and there's nothing wrong with that. We ought to spread Jesus Christ all over this world. We're commanded to. But you know what? Every now and then, we'll get in line with God's plan. Every now and then, we'll go out and God's done got there before we have. Can I tell you something? You'll see the grace of God. You'll see Him take an old sinner just like me. The Holy Spirit will prick their heart. Next thing you know, they're giving their heart and life to Jesus Christ. Look, there is no greater feeling in this world. No greater experience outside of your own salvation than leading somebody else to Jesus Christ. Barnabas got there. He said, God's done been here. (laughs) God's done been here. I can see His grace already. Let me ask you, do you see God's grace in your life? Do you see God's grace in other people's lives? Do you realize just how important God's grace is. I'll leave you with one, another little story I'd like to tell you. There was a storm that come through on a coastal city. And the next morning as people went out and got to look and see what all was going on and what things looked like outside after the storm, they went over and they saw that the whole beach was covered in starfish. And one fella said, man, look at all those starfish as far as you can see. And he saw a fella coming down. And as he walked, he'd reach down and he'd grab one and throw it in the water. And then he'd reach down and he'd grab another one he'd throw it in the water. And that guy said, man, there's millions of starfish out there. Do you really think you can make a difference in this world? He reached down and he grabbed a starfish. And he looked at that fella. He said, it'll make a difference to him. And he reached down and grabbed another and he said it'll make a difference to him. Look, the preacher who preached the night I got saved. You know, in a lost world, one person getting saved doesn't look like all that much. But it meant a lot to me. Did it mean a lot to you? We go out this week. We know what God's grace is all about. We go out in God's grace and spread God's message, His gospel about His Son.
There's a lot of people that don't want to hear what you've got to say. I understand that. But you know what? For that one, it'll change everything. I was that one. At some point in your life, you were that one. And you know what? Today, there might be one. Your pastor doesn't come and stand behind this pulpit for any kind of notoriety. It's not about money. It's because He loves you. Because He believes in the grace of God and the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's what keeps Him behind this pulpit. There's a million places we could have been today had it not been for the grace of God. But because of God's grace, His unmerited favor, Him willing to give us what we don't deserve, we're here today. Let me ask you, have you ever just stopped and pondered about what God's grace really is? What about this? Have you ever asked this question, what if God didn't shed His grace on this old world? What if? I can tell you, we'd all be headed toward the devil's hell deservingly but in his mercy he'll forgive our sins and in his grace he'll save us carry us home to be with him in heaven ain't that something again I don't know if this message was for you today I may have just needed this especially the worship time because it blessed my heart but maybe this is for you today a couple of things are you saved have you experienced God's grace? Oh, preacher, you just don't understand. God wouldn't say to me, you don't know what I've done. I promise you, you don't know what I've done either. Apostle Paul, he said, he saved me. And he says, I'm the chief of all sinners. I don't care what you've done. We're not here about that. There's no, son, uh, no sin too big can't be washed away with the blood of Jesus. But can I tell you something else? There's no sin so small that it doesn't need to be washed under the blood of Jesus. Are you saved today? If you're not, I invite you to make your way up. The other thing is, you know, I've seen God's grace. I've seen Him move in people's lives. Don't you want to experience that too? I can't believe that any of us would ever say, well, I don't care if people die and go to hell. We couldn't say that, could we? Wouldn't be right. We do care. We've got to trust the Lord, trust in His grace. Paul come to a time in his life where he's like, Lord, I, I, I've got this thorn in my side and I, I don't know how I'm going to go on. But you know what he learned? God's grace is sufficient. God can use you and He can use me. Let's bow. Father, we thank You so much for Your marvelous grace. Lord, I pray that You could take my feeble words today and speak to a heart that may need this message. For that person who's lost today, Lord, I pray that they'd make their way down front. That we might open Your Word, that You might reason with them.
through your word. Lord, I pray for that person who is maybe forgotten, maybe just need to be reminded of just how wonderful your grace is. Maybe they don't need to speak to anyone, but maybe just come up and bow at this altar and say, thank you, Lord, for what you've done in my life. Thank you for the blessings you've given me. Lord, maybe our hearts are heavy today because of somebody who's lost. And Lord, we know your grace is enough. Your gospel is enough. Jesus is enough to save them. Lord, I pray that we'd come. Lay our burdens at the altar this morning. Lift you up and trust in you. Lord, I pray that you'd have your will and way in this service, in this invitation. Lord, I thank you for this opportunity to open your word. Have your will in your way in Jesus' name. Amen.